Welcome to the Catholic Homeschool Moms Podcast, where I talk to Catholic homeschooling moms. I'm your host, Carrie. My guests are moms, just like you and me, who are making saints in their own homes while being refined and sometimes humbled by this thing called homeschool. Be it a young family or one with graduates, we are all a tapestry. One caveat before we begin, these stories are meant to encourage and uplift you. If, for some reason, you are comparing yourself, stop. The only comparing we should do is ourself to who we were yesterday. Just keep doing the next right thing. Use the sacraments and their graces. And when things get hard, use the sacraments and their graces. And now, let's begin. Today we're approaching this podcast a little differently. Sometimes homeschoolers stop homeschooling, whether it's for a season or long term. It's always an option, and I wanted to share the experience of a family who had done just that. So my guest today is Kim Tizer, a former homeschooling mom. She's always loved the idea of homeschooling and is thankful for the five years that she was able to spend one-on-one time educating her children. Life's circumstances led her to make a different decision for her children and herself midstream, a decision that she did not take lightly. Kim is a morning show host for a Christian radio station, KTLF, and has a professional background in broadcasting and public affairs. She currently blogs and produces a podcast that showcases the stories of people who have converted to the Catholic faith. You'll find her blog and her podcast at OurCatholicWay.com. Hi, Kim. How are you today? Hey, Carrie. I am doing well. I am so happy to be with you. I'm really excited about our interview today. I, I am excited to have you. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to let our, our, our listeners know right off the bat that um, you had interviewed me on your podcast called OurCatholicWay.com back, what, sometime in the summer. And uh, we talked briefly about homeschooling and how you had um, participated in this um uh, not event, but in this lifestyle for a while. And I wanted to get a different uh, perspective from somebody who had put their kids into school after having been homeschooling. So would you mind sharing a little bit, first of all, first of all about your family and who you are? Sure. Well, uh, my husband and I have been married for 17 years now, and we have three children Audrey, mm-hmm. Rachel, and Race. Um, our oldest, Audrey, she's 11, she's in fifth grade. Rachel's 10, and she's in fourth grade. And Race is six, soon to be seven, and he is in first grade. And uh, my husband and I, I don't know if this is more information than you want, but we met in Germany and kind of got married en route to moving to Colorado almost 14 years, I think. And then we relocated to Alabama nearly four years ago and so we kind of we've stayed on the on the move on the go and uh, in that time I'm sure that we'll maybe touch on this a little bit later uh, my husband Randy and I became Catholic because we grew up as as Protestants both of us I was Southern Baptist and then we um, became Catholic and so that'll kind of play into our conversation some I think. Yes I, I, I do agree just because I mean it's I, I, it's interesting how many homeschooling people I've heard of and talked to that were Protestant who have converted into Catholicism. It's, it's, it's. Um, I don't know. It's, it's been, it's been several so far that that have been on the on the podcast. So, I'd love to hear more about that journey. Uh, myself being a convert. Um, so this year, 
it wasn't just this year that you started uh, you put your kids back into school. Can you tell us about how how you first of all, I guess, tell us about how you started early on and then how it's come. We we talked briefly before that it would have been a year by year decision. Right. Is that yes, De- definitely year by year. I, let me. I'll just kind of back up a ways and share why we decided to homeschool to begin with. Yes. Yes, please. First, First off, I was always intrigued by homeschooling. I can remember the very first time I met a homeschooling family, and it was when I lived in Germany, and I was in my early to mid-20s, and I met this family, the Mackies. I'll never forget them. And they always homeschooled. And their children were pretty young at the time. I think their oldest was probably uh, about 10 or 11, like my oldest uh, children. And these were the most well-behaved, beautiful children, you know, that prayed before dinner, and they had all the classics on their bookshelves, and they were actually read. I mean, those books weren't collecting dust. These were well-read, well-educated children. And at that time, Mm, I thought, you know, one day I want to do that. I want to homeschool my kids if I ever get married and and have children. Well, you know, I I did get married, and um, children didn't come along right away. We had some issues there, and um, but eventually we did, and, and I was working when the kids came along, and my husband wasn't quite sure that I would be able to quit. And so I put that notion of homeschooling on the back burner because I thought, well, there's no way that I can work and homeschool. And so I continued to work. Now, during this time, my husband lost his job for a while, and he became a substitute teacher. And I remember okay. one day he he came home and he said, oh, Kim, our kids, they can they can never go to these schools. <laughs> oh. There were some issues within the schools, and I thought in my mind, well, yeah, yeah, but, you know, I'm working, and so I'm never going to homeschool. So, again, I wasn't really all that interested at this point, you know, as our kids came along, because I thought, well, I'm going to have to work, and so that's not a possibility. And then our oldest was in kindergarten at a charter school. We had charter schools there in Colorado. And I loved this school. Great teachers. It was a great environment. It was a brand-new school. Uh, But it was during that time that my daughter, my oldest, was diagnosed with dyslexia and Mm. ADD. And um, I went and I I talked to the assistant principal about it to see what kind of services they offered for children who struggle with those things. And and he said, well, you know, Kim, we're we're new. We We don't have any teachers that really can address those concerns, those issues. And Mm -hmm. so it was at that time that I started thinking, well, you know, I'm not trained in those areas either, but if you can't provide help, I think as a parent I could provide my children, you know, my daughter, more help. So we decided that the following school year when she entered first grade that we would homeschool. And I was still working. I worked at a uh, morning show. I was uh, the co-host of a morning show at a Christian radio station. And I would go in very early, get up at 3.30 in the morning, go do the the show, come home around uh, 11.30 noon time frame, and then I would teach my daughter. And uh, and my, at that time, youngest, uh, Rachel, she was in kindergarten. And so I taught them both. when I got home. So that's kind of uh, how we, yeah. and that's probably the longest answer you've ever received from anyone on your show. But anyway, that's kind of how we got started. <laughs> well, no, that's a good, that's a good recap because it plays into, you had your children in school, then you pulled them and, and homeschooled for several years. 
and then now you're you're put you've decided to put them back in. And can you explain now then what the process was from going, oh man, you don't want your kids in school to let's homeschool, and now and now you're looking at put you've 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 decided going back to school was an okay decision. This you're the first person I've talked to who has put all of their children back in school currently. And like you said, it's a year-to-year basis. So it could be in another year you could be pulling them back out and having them homeschooled again, correct? Is that option yes. still open for you? Yes, it, it definitely is. Um, you know, I, for me, I I, mean, I have plenty of friends, obviously, in the homeschooling world, and many have said I am homeschooling from the beginning until the end, and I think that's wonderful. And I, I never had that mindset. For me, um, it was a matter of listening to the Holy Spirit and what I felt he was calling us to do and leading us to do. And I feel like, you know, every child is an individual, you know, and as families we all have our strengths and weaknesses, and I just think it's so important to um, listen to God and, and follow where he's leading us. So we did homeschool for five years, and for the most part, it was wonderful. That first year was a bit of a struggle because my oldest would think back to her time in kindergarten, uh, kindergarten and tell me how, you know, she missed that and playing with her, her friends on the playground, and it was tough. But after that first year, it was pretty much smooth sailing for a while. Um, however, as time went on, my oldest and I really started butting heads quite a bit. And I remember hearing someone speak at a homeschooling conference um, he made the comment that, you know, if we raise children who are well-educated, you know, we homeschool them and, and we care for them and, and they're well-educated and they go on to cure cancer, he said, it means nothing if in the process we have ruined our relationship with them. Hmm. And that, that really stuck with me. You know, and I was certainly homeschooling my children for more reasons than just giving them uh, a good education. I certainly wanted that for them, and I thought that was the best way to do it. I also mm-hmm. wanted to incorporate our faith into, you know, our, our daily instruction. But with the, just again, the personality conflicts that my daughter and I had, I mean, some might look at that and go, well, you should have worked through it, you know. Maybe God wanted to, you know, change you a little bit, and that might be true. But I really felt like, she was wanting to, to try school, and I thought, you know, why don't we give it a shot? This was back in February of this year. Mm-hmm. So I said, we'll try it. You know, this is a good time frame. Give it a few months. And we put her in school, and it was phenomenal for us. It was a great experience. That's um, so good to hear. Yeah, because you hear so many negative ones. And I will point out, you know, like I said, we relocated from Colorado to Alabama. We live uh, kind of in a smaller city, you know, border borderline town near a rural area, and I send my children to a rural school, and all of their teachers, for the most part, are Christians, which is rare. I mean, I realize that is probably a, a rare thing. Uh, they mm-hmm. even pray before lunch, you know, and um, so so that does my heart good. So even though I know they're not getting religion instruction per se at the school where they are i know that the teachers for the most part that they have do come into the classroom with a christian world view and so that has made this transition easier for me um but like i said it was such a good experience that we decided for 
the fall of this year, so just a few months ago, to put mm-hmm. all three of our children uh, in school. And so far, it has been good. But again, you know, with middle school coming up, that does concern me a little bit. And um, and if I decide that the Lord's saying, okay, you know, you've had your break. They've gotten what they've needed um, from from school there. You know, I want you to homeschool again. Then that's what we'll do. So, and I've explained that to them. They know that. So, um, yes, yes. you know, we just kind of take it either year by year or month by month. You know, that might be a better way of looking at it, month by month. Oh, true. That's true because you didn't start right at the very beginning. You didn't say, okay, well, next year we're going to start. You you put it right in in February. February is the longest month of the year, have you heard? <laughs> That's so funny. You know, I hadn't heard that, but I certainly believe it. And, you know, it was probably, you know, this is something else I should probably point out. It was around that time frame, too, that um, my middle child, Rachel, was suffering from something that was pretty mysterious. Um, yes. For several years now, she has suffered with these hives that just come and go, um, and she has swelling, like her feet. Ooh. At that time, were swollen. She couldn't walk. We had to put her in a wheelchair. Um, and we were going to all kinds of doctors, traveling to Vanderbilt, to these different experts, trying to find out what was going on. I was really stressed. Okay, to add to, to um, you know, our decision to put Audrey in, into school, that played into it. And then you back up a little bit. My father passed away a little less than two years ago. And while I'm so thankful that we were homeschooling at that time because that enabled me to spend time with him when he was in the hospital, we were able to take time off for the funeral. We weren't worried about being rushed and, you know, getting kids back into school. We could take our time. But at the same time, it seemed every single year, as I look back over our homeschooling career thus far, there was always so some kind of major event, you know, us moving, a death, Rachel's illness, and I can never stay on a schedule. Now, granted, this mm-hmm. is self-imposed, I realize, because with homeschooling, you have freedom, right? You don't have to follow this exact schedule. But in my mind, for my sanity, I needed to follow a schedule, and I couldn't. And it was really weighing on me. And so that is that is why we decided to put them all back in. For Quite frankly, mm-hmm. I think I needed the break. And I'm just praying that um, Rachel stays well. So far, we've not had any issues with her going to school. She hasn't had any major outbreaks, but they do tend to worsen in the winter months. So this will be, you know, the first winter with her going to public school. So I'm just praying that um, she she doesn't, you know, continue to have outbreaks like she, she had before. Yes, I understand the medical part of it. And people have actually pulled their children because of medical issues, and they homeschooled because of those instead, too. So it, exactly. it's, you know, it, and because of the freedom, and they do car school on the way over to, um, you know, the major hospital across the state. So, yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I hear, I hear you. Um, one of the things that we just touched on briefly was um, your conversion. And I am just, I'm dying of curiosity. I want to know where that took place in all of this, in all of this, um, homeschooling journey. I'd like to know where it was that you, how did you come from a Protestant background and jump into the Catholic Church? And now, not only jump into the Catholic Church, but also produce a podcast about um, people's faith in our Catholic way. Wow. Well, you know, it started um, back when we we were having children. Um, I started wondering whether or not we should celebrate things like Halloween. Um mm-hmm. I wondered if that was biblical, 
And then I started thinking, well, if we shouldn't maybe celebrate Halloween because, you know, there's some pagan, you know, traditions woven in there. Maybe we shouldn't celebrate Christmas. So these were things that started to weigh on me as a new mom. Well, at that time, too, that I'm having these thoughts, I was working, as I mentioned earlier, at a radio station. I co-hosted a a Christian morning show, and part of my job was to set up the interviews that we had. And so different publicists would give me books to review to try to get, you know, um, their authors on the air. And I remember one book came across my desk, and it was called Advent Devotions. I think that was the name of it. That's certainly what it was about anyway. And coming from a Southern Baptist background, I really didn't know anything about Advent. Um, so, But looking through that book, I recall thinking, well, you know what, if we're going to celebrate Christmas, even though it's not in the Bible necessarily, I mean, we have the birth of Christ, right, but we don't have this right. history of people going on to celebrate Christmas. I thought, if we're going to do that, then why not incorporate, uh, coincides with the same time of, you know, commercialism when it's ramping up. Um, We can talk about Christ early on, focus on Jesus. And so anyway, I like this whole idea of Advent. Well, we had the author on who wrote that book, and the day that it aired back, because we recorded all of our interviews, Mm -hmm. I remember I I listened to that interview, and I was just thinking about the words he said, talking about Advent. And as I was thinking About that interview, I was driving home, and I saw a bumper sticker on the back of a car in front of me, and it said 970 AM, the Catholic Channel. Oh. I thought, yeah, Catholic radio? What? You know, I had never heard of such a thing. And here I worked in Christian radio, and so I changed the channel just out of curiosity. And what I heard at that time was – these women, they were talking about baking some bread for Advent and incorporating these different fruits that, that represented the fruits of the Spirit. And I thought, wow, I, that, that sounds like a great idea, a wonderful tradition, because that's another thing. We didn't really have any traditions in my family. My husband okay. didn't have any. I really didn't have any. And I thought, well, this is really interesting. And they're talking about Advent, you know, and this is kind of new to me. So I was curious the next day I tuned in, hoping to find out about some other tradition, you know. Well, instead I ended up hearing who I believe was Steve Wood, who was talking about a movie that was out at the time called The Golden Compass with Nicole Kidman. I mean, this was out. Oh, the- I know so. that one. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Movie. Yes, I do. I do. It was, a, it was like a, it was an atheistic, an atheist writer, I think, and just totally yeah, blasting the, the magistrate, the magisterium. And yes, yes. Really? See, I've never seen it. And he didn't go too far into what it was about, but he did warn people. Like you said, he said, I think it was either maybe the director was an atheist, but very much a, an atheist worldview was woven into that movie. Oh, it's and a book. It's a series. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so he was saying, you know, don't see this. And he said, this is why. And he gave biblical references. He used scripture. And in my mind, I'm sorry to admit, but at the time I thought, wait a minute, Catholics, they don't know scripture. Oh, no, they don't. No. (laughs) No way. You know, they don't care about the Bible. Right, totally. Yes, I I, I know what you're going through. I know that term, that mental, what? (laughs) I know. It's like, (laughs) quoting the Bible? No way. And so, again, I was intrigued. So I listened the next day, which turned into another day. And so, long story short, I listened to Catholic radio, started watching EWTN. This probably went on for five years, trying to figure out, well, why do the Catholics believe what they believe? Because I had really never questioned it before. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I was amazed that there were so many teachings that I thought weren't biblical that were, that they had reasons for why they did what they did. And then there eventually came a point in that process when it was more than just this mental exercise, but I thought, wow, Lord, you want me to be Catholic, you know, and it was kind Mm -hmm. of scary. I mean, I felt like I was changing, you know, nationalities or something, you know, I, it was huge. Um, But my husband came on board as well. And so this was in Colorado and we started RCIA, which is, you're, you know, there's a listener who doesn't know what that is. It's the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults to learn about the Catholic mm-hmm. faith. It's a, about an eight-month-long process or so um, to learn about the Catholic faith. And so my husband and I started that in Colorado. Well, it was during that time that he um, got the job in Alabama. So we had to quit the RCIA program. We came to Alabama and found where we were going to live and whatnot. And so then we had to wait until the following year to once again enroll in RCIA and start the process all over. Yeah. And so, uh, and part of that is, you know, we could have found a church right of way, but the thing is we didn't know where we were going to live. We were renting near his work and didn't think we were going to stay in that area. And we really wanted to be in an RCIA program in the parish where we thought we would stay. Um, And we still weren't sure. My husband wasn't as convinced as I was about the Catholic faith, and so we still visited other churches, you know. And part of me was running, too, like, Lord, surely you're not calling us to be Catholic, you know. And we would try a Lutheran church. We would try another church, but it was Anything but Catholic. (laughs) Anything but Catholic. I know. I'm like, yeah, Lutheran is kind of close, right? I mean, it's a little more liturgical, so, but. Yes, but they're not Catholic. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so. They're still protesting. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly, and, and I, I, I say that I say that because that's my background. Lutheran is where I came from, so that's right. That's right, yeah. and yeah. and you know I know there's some many wonderful Lutherans out there. Oh yes. Uh, what happened was we eventually visited a church that was across from a, a Catholic church. Actually, where we entered into the Catholic church, uh, it was across from this parish. It, it was a Baptist church, and my husband and I visited. And at that time, I was really frustrated because at this point, I knew we were to become Catholic, or at least I was. But at the same time, I didn't want to split my family up. You know, if my husband wasn't quite sure, I thought, I cannot go to the Catholic Church and then have, you know, my family going to a a Baptist church or some other church. I just cannot do this. And I just had been praying, Lord, please lead my husband. You will have to do this. If, If this is where you're calling us, I cannot do this. And, um... So we visited this church. I remember leaving, and we, we got into the car, and I was praying, Lord, please help me not, you know, to, to bite my tongue and, and not, you know, nag him about the, you know, Catholic church or anything. So I just simply asked, so, how was it? And, um, you know, wanting his take on, on the service we had gone to. And he just looked straight ahead, and he said, you know, I think there's something to the Eucharist. And mm. I was like, what? You know, my jaw dropped. And he said, sign us up for RCIA. And um, and I did. And he has not looked back. And I have not looked back. And we entered into the Catholic Church um, during the Easter Vigil of 2013. So, Oh, that's not long ago. Yeah, no, not that long ago. And so I was joking with someone else I interviewed recently for the podcast who is also fairly new and and made a movie about it. It's called Convinced. I said, isn't it funny? People like us were so new to the Catholic faith, and what do we do? We start a radio show about it, you know? (laughs) Like we're experts, even though 
I make it clear, I am not. I'm still learning. I still have so much to learn. But that is what the podcast is about. I talk to other converts like yourself, Carrie, um, just to get their story. And, and partly because I think I spent so much time as a Protestant trying to reach my Catholic friends to pull them out. You know, yes, I thought I, they I, were in error. What are you talking about? Yes. Agreed. You know, and I'm kind of trying to make amends for, <laughs> you know, what I did for so many years. And just to hopefully, you know, I don't go real deep in theology. I just kind of scratch the surface. But I just hope that maybe others who are where I was a decade ago, just first looking at the Catholic Church, you know, I just hope to give them a few little ahas and, and try yeah. to give them some resources where they can go deeper. So that's what I, I think that, yeah, you know, and I think that evangelicals, when you, when you're in that and you're trying to pull people out, you kind of go, when you finally realize, when there's a realization that, you know, the Catholic Church has so much to offer, it fills in all those gaps. There were holes in, 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 in theology where there's holes, it fills in those gaps. There's solid thinking across the board. Um, you know, it's, it's not faith or science, it's faith and science, it's faith and reason. It's not one or the other, you choose both. And I, I think that as, as coming from the, the background of, oh, I'm so excited about my faith, but I'm changing how I believe it in the structure, that, that that same enthusiasm comes over on the other side as well, and it spills out, and you just can't help but be the same person you were before, but uh, from a, a Catholic perspective instead. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I am so with you. I'm so, I'm so excited about it, and I'm so thankful. And sometimes I, I pinch myself. I can't believe that I'm I'm Catholic, and I wonder when will it just kind of – it just be so much a part of who I am that I don't think about it because I still think about it like wow I can't believe I do too. I'm Catholic. <laughs> I, I do too. I do too. And I, I converted back in 2002, and I am just like wow, amazing! I can't believe I'm here. I was so I was so other side of it. But you know what? This is another passion, and we've kind of gotten away from the homeschooling piece. But I don't think that's such a bad thing because I mean you do have a podcast for the the conversion stories, and and so I mean it fits in line with who you are and where you've come. It's part of your whole journey and part of your whole story. So I, well, I do appreciate you. you sharing. Well, I appreciate oh. it too. And well, and it is a part of it. I'm so thankful, honestly, that during that whole process, we were homeschooling because, you know, we started out like so many new homeschoolers with the curriculum out of the box. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was so afraid I would miss something. And we used um, something called Christian Light Education, which is a Mennonite curriculum. Okay. And I loved it. You know, I, I I really did, and it certainly served a great purpose. But then, like many homeschoolers, you know, after I felt a little bit more confident, we started incorporating other. Uh, you know, we would kind of pick and choose, and and just kind of piece it all together, and that worked okay as well. But um, obviously, through this process, I wanted to incorporate more Catholic teaching, and mm-hmm. so I was able to do that because we were homeschooling, whereas there could have been a real disconnect. I think if they were in school at that time, you know, and then all of a sudden we're going to this Catholic church and they've not had any Catholic exposure and, wait, what is this? You know, we were able to talk a lot more about our faith and why we were um, making this subtle change, if you would, um, because for them, I mean, it's still church, you know, and especially a couple yeah. years ago. They were younger, and it, it was just kind of another church. But it was important to me 
to convey to them why we were becoming Catholic. I want them to know that we are Catholic, and yes, we are Christians, and uh, but this is why we do things differently. So I was able to do that for a couple years, and like I said, during that whole process. So um, I'm just so thankful. You know, homeschooling does allow for that, for you to really infuse the faith in er- every area of life. So I'm still, you know, just a, a lover, big um, proponent there of homeschooling, Um but again, I just take it year by year. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you telling me a little bit more about how your kids came into play. How did that work for them? Did they also take RCIA, or was it also did you participate in church function with them in in the faith formation? Well, you know, Carrie, it was a little different because they weren't really that old. I mean, at that time, even though it was just two years ago, my oldest was probably nine-ish, my middle one was eight, and my youngest was four. Um, so really. What they needed to do was get baptized, and that was it right at that point, um, which was really a wonderful thing because my children had wanted to be baptized. As I mentioned before, we uh, had been in a Southern Baptist church, and there mm-hmm. uh, they have a believer's baptism, and they think you should be at an age of reason, you know, before you are baptized. And even though my children uh, accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that's lingo, that's very common, you know, within Protestantism, yes. um, you know, they, they loved the Lord from a very early age, and they wanted to be baptized, but they couldn't. And so I was thrilled when we came into the Catholic Church, and they were finally able to be baptized. And so really, that was kind of it for them. And then uh, my oldest, um, course, soon thereafter um, went through the process for First Communion and First Reconciliation, and since then my middle child has done that. Uh, my youngest is still waiting, but we tried to get them involved as much as we could within parish activities while we were there. You know, we had different family picnics and whatnot that we attended, and Vacation Bible School was huge for them, and that was something they were familiar with in the Southern Baptist. There was familiarity there, and they were excited about sure. it. Um so it, it's not been a difficult transition, really. It's been really good. Oh, good, good. I'm so glad to hear it. Now, I have one last question for you. Um, do you have anything that you're doing specially uh, for for the Advent season or for Christmas with your family? <laughs> oh, I could use help in that area. This, you know, like I mentioned before, growing up in, in my household, there wasn't a lot of emphasis. Even though we were Christian, there wasn't a lot of emphasis on Christmas, and certainly none on Advent, and the same was true for my husband, and this has always been a struggle for us, finding those traditions. In general, this has, you know, this isn't about Advent per se, but for us, you know, it's been important to look at the lives of the saints and do Mm -hmm. Bible readings. Um, We try to do that every day. I'll be honest, we're not always great about that, but we try to do that. Um, So for Advent, honestly, we don't have specific traditions. So I'm open. So if you have a listener <laughs> who has a wonderful <laughs> idea, tell them to send that to you so you can pass it on to me. Uh, we don't sure. have specific plans, even though I will say this is kind of a struggle and something I try to do, and that is to keep Christmas out of Advent. And what I mean by okay. that, and you probably know, but is try not to celebrate too soon, you know, because obviously Advent is that time of anticipation. And trying to Think back to what it was like, you know, before Christ entered the world. There was spiritual darkness everywhere, and it's hard to fathom that. You know, and and traditionally, Catholics have not celebrated Christmas until Christmas Day, you know. And I think even, you know, it was traditional to put the Christmas tree up 
Christmas Eve. You didn't do it before then. And so we've tried to do that, you know, not playing Christmas music too early and celebrating, um, but it's so hard in our culture today. Um, but that is one thing we try to do. But, again, I am open to suggestions. Well, lovely, lovely. I will open that up. We will open that up then. Um, you know, I think we've wrapped up everything. Thank you so much for your time to talk with me today, uh, Kim. I really appreciate that. And, and um, you know, you've t- you've touched on a couple of different of my loves, you know, the homeschooling aspect and the, the conversion story, too. I just uh, I was just going to let you talk because I, I love hearing other people's uh, journeys into the faith. And, and uh, it's it's just reassuring and reaffirming. And I just. It makes me feel good on the inside to hear other people talk about how they how they came in, and I I don't know it's like a bond with others. So uh, anyway, thank you once again, uh, Kim, for your time today, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Oh well, thank you so much, Carrie. I just thank you for having me on, and I pray that um, your listeners got something out of our talk today. I know it's not uh, the typical discussion that you no. have, but I pray that you know. The takeaway people have, what I wanted to convey is just that, listen to the Holy Spirit and let yes. him guide you, and don't be so rigid that you can't hear him speak. And if the Lord is calling you for, you know, a, a, a time, a season of needing to step away, then that's okay. And if he's leading you to, to stick with it, even though times might be hard right now, homeschooling is mm-hmm. difficult, but he's keeping you there for a reason, then listen. So I pray that's yes. what people get. This is Carrie. If you've enjoyed today's show, head over to catholichomeschoolmoms.com and see the faces of the women who will inspire you in your homeschooling journey. Sign up for emails and get direct access to the transcripts and links to information shared in today's podcast. Everyone has a story to tell. Share yours too. Connect with us on our Facebook page at Catholic Homeschool Moms or on Twitter at Catholic HS Mom and on Google Plus at Catholic Homeschool Moms. I can't wait to meet you.